Father, in these next few minutes, would you just enable us to grasp a bit more about how to pray? Lord Jesus, teach us to pray. Enable us to pray. Teach us to pray, Lord, and teach us to teach our children to pray. Enable us, Lord, to teach our, help teach our wives, our children, our grandchildren, how to pray in Jesus' name. Lord, we want to really do the real deal business, not just say our prayers, but we want to learn how to engage with God and pray. Not that we don't know how to do that, Lord, but we want to do it better. So in these next few minutes, Lord Jesus, would you enable us to maybe grasp another truth or two? Thank you, Lord. Amen. All right. Well, thank you for uh, your attention to these things. And uh, I know we've gone late, and I've been told I could have a, as long as I want, but honestly, I, I'd, I'd like to try to finish up about nine-ish, unless the revival breaks out. <coughs> then if that, if that happens, I, uh, we just let her go. Okay. Well, I don't, I don't feel like I need to belabor the point too much, but I, th I think you, you grasped what I was saying this morning, and you Maybe are, you probably already had that anyway, but just the whole thing of, of praying with our, with our brains and gear. You know, instead of saying our prayers, and we get these evangelical prayers, and uh, it's like Ollie was saying about how we pray, pray from the, a biblical perspective. You know, Romans 12, 1 and 2 talks about renewing our minds, praying with our brains and gear. We don't ask Jesus to be with us because he is with us. And yet we get, oftentimes, it, it's so easy to fall into these little Christianese things. And we don't want to do that. We want to we really do business with the Lord. So just a couple of things to finish up tonight. I was actually going to finish this whole series this morning, but I just didn't want to push it. So we'll just say a couple other little things tonight. Basically, praying in Jesus' name is obviously praying according to the will of God. You know, we talk about, talk about how, how David's men went to Nabal, and they asked in David's name. They only asked what David sent them to ask for. Compare these two verses. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I'll do it. And then 1 John 5.14, both of these, of course, written by John. This is the confidence that we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. So we can look at those two. Uh, John wrote both of them. You may ask me for anything in my name and I'll do it. Of course, Jesus said that. And John followed up. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And we say, well, if it's his will, why do we have to ask? Well, we ask because he tells us to ask. You know, he said he was going to take care of all of our needs. And yet he tells us we engage with God. And we pray because he tells us to pray. And to know the will of God, he must tell us what that will is through primarily his written word, but also that still small voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to our hearts, right? We primarily know the will of God through the word of God. And God is never, we know this, God is never going to tell us anything apart from uh, or, or unless it actually lines up with the written word of God. But in order to know his will, he must tell us that will and we we don't always know what that is from the written word but it'll always line up with the written word and once we know the will and the word we take it to the father and we pray 
in Jesus' name. How do we pray if we don't know the will of God? And, and, and we're not always going to know the will of God. And I also want to say this. I'm not, obviously, I'm not saying that the only time we pray, we cannot pray until we know the will of God and we can pray in Jesus' name. I'm not saying that at all. If you fall over right here, I'm going to say, Lord Jesus, help him. Or you're bleeding or whatever. Or, oh, God, I just got, you know, he kicked in the side. Lord, help me, help me, Jesus, or whatever. You hear what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that we just need to understand what we're doing. And if Jesus says, you can ask me anything in my name and I'll do it, and yet we're running around and praying and saying, Lord, do this in Jesus' name. And I ask Jesus, in Jesus' name, don't let the parakeet die. And the parakeet dies. Well, Jesus didn't keep his word. No, Jesus kept his word. We just don't understand what he's talking about. You see, it's, it's the understanding. It's the mindset. So how do we pray if we don't know the will of God? Well, one suggestion I've got, and there's all sorts of ways we can pray, but one suggestion I got is we just add our amen to the divine prayer chain. Jesus is interceding for you and me. The Bible says in Romans 8, 34, who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised from the dead? Who is at the right hand of God who intercedes, who indeed is interceding for us. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father interceding for you and me. The Holy Spirit is interceding for you and me. Romans 8, 26 and 27. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just a, a, a little country boy from a southern part of the United States, and I used to eat squirrels. So I'm just a, I'm just a real simple-minded. We would, I thought that was normal when I was growing up. We'd go out and shoot squirrels and eat them, and people said, what does a squirrel taste like? I said, I don't know, I guess a rat with a furry tail. But... So sometimes when, when I don't know what to pray, I just say, Lord Jesus, you are interceding for me. Holy Spirit, you're interceding. I just say amen. Whatever you're praying, amen. Lord, reveal that to me, but until you do, just God, amen. Lord, amen. He who searches hearts and knows what the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God when I was in uh, university one of my uh, roommates I lived in a dormitory one of my roommates name was well his name was Francis Seton Washburn Jr. but we called him Doc so Doc was this really really interesting guy just uh, he too was a simple little guy but one night uh, I came in a little late got into the room, and I thought Doc was asleep. So I crawled into my bed, and I kind of pulled the covers up, and I just started praying, and I was just whispering, and I was just praying, oh, Lord Jesus. And all of a sudden, I hear next door Doc going, yes, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Help him, Jesus. Lord Jesus. Yes, Jesus. I said, Doc, you awake? He said, yeah, brother. I said, can you hear what I'm saying? He said, no, but I know you're praying. And if you're praying, I'm just going to amen right along with you. I'm going to agree with you. I said, all right, brother, you, you amen right along with me. And this guy, Doc, he trusted God. Man, he didn't worry. 
about anything. Let me tell you one little story about Doc. Doc was so cool. I learned so much from Doc. Doc, uh, he's the only guy I know who took a shower with his glasses on. <laughs> but he did. And, uh, <laughs> and Doc had this simple, simple little faith. Just as simple. He just loved Jesus and he trusted Jesus. And, and uh, he never worried about anything. He was never anxious about anything. We lived on the 10th story of a dormitory. And one day, the ele- we had two elevators and two sets of stairs, the emergency st- uh, one, one set of emergency stairs. And one day, one of the elevators was out of order, and they were working on the emergency set of stairs. So there was one elevator for 10, do- for 10 stories of a dorm. Well, I was on the 10th floor. So we were getting ready to go to class, and I was waiting on the, the elevator, and the place was filling up, and it was going up and down, and I was just sitting there going, come on, come on, come on, come on. And I was pretty anxious about everything. Come on, come on, come on. And Doc is standing beside of me, and he's going, he was whistling. He's going, I can't whistle right now. I don't have enough juice in my whistle. <laughs> Doc's standing beside of me, and he's going, still not much of a whistle. He was standing there just a whistling, just whistling along. He just had his books in his hand, he was, La, la, la. And I looked at him, and I said, Doc, don't you care if we're going to be late for class? And he looked at me. He said, what? We're going to be late? We're going to be late for class? And the place was full. I mean, he said, we're going to be late for class? We're going to be late for class? And he threw his books down, and he started running around in a circle. He said, we're going to be late for class. We're going to be late for class. And then he fell down, and he got down and started beating his hands and his feet on the floor. He said, we're going to be late for class. We're going to be late for class. And then he got up and looked at me, and he said, now, what good did that do? And I looked at him, and I said, well, not much. He said, he said, always trusted Jesus, never anxious for anything. And I, I, I tended to worry a little bit. When I, when I, before I got saved, I was a real worrier. And uh, one Sunday evening, I don't know what was going on, but I was in the dorm room, and Doc was not in there yet. And uh, he, he had left for the, the weekend, but I was sitting in my dorm room, and I had my elbows on my desk, and I had my, my chin leaning on my hands, and Doc walked in the room. He'd come back from home. He said, hey, brother, what you doing? I don't know, Doc, man. I'm just kind of worried. He said, so you, you're worrying? Yeah, yeah, Doc, I guess I am. I'm just, just worrying. So he pulls up a chair next to mine. He put his elbows on my desk. He put his chin in his hands right beside of me, and he starts going. Well, it's hard to worry when somebody next to you doing that. And I looked over at him. I said, Doc, what are you doing? He said, I'm helping you worry. I figure if I help you, we get it done twice as fast. (laughs) I said, 
that's stupid. <laughs> and he said, ain't it stupid? Let's go eat. <laughs> so, so, well, that's just a side story. But uh, how did I get on Doc? I don't know. Just a simple, oh, he just, he just trusted you. Ollie, you would have loved him. He was just a thanker all the time. Just thank you, Jesus. Well, Doc, no, thank you, Jesus. So, summary thoughts on praying in Jesus' name. Boy, here's just a few thoughts. There is no intrinsic power, authority, merit, or magic in merely saying the phrase, in Jesus' name, at the conclusion of our prayers. And, by the way, if you want me to... You are welcome to have these PowerPoints. I'm, I'll, I'll send you the whole thing. As a matter of fact, I will, I will make sure that Sam has all the PowerPoints of what I've done. And if you want it, you are welcome to have it. Just let Sam know. Is that okay, Sam? You can just let Sam know, and you can have the whole PowerPoint for all the things that I'm doing. So there is no intrinsic power, authority, merit, or magic in merely saying the phrase in Jesus' name at the conclusion of our prayers. The benefit in praying in Jesus' name is in understanding the depths of what that actually means. So we're not heretics if we bless Jesus, bless this food, God, we thank you for this food in Jesus' name, amen. That's fine. It doesn't mean anything. I mean, it might. You know, you may be saying it because you... But when it really talks about asking in Jesus' name, we know what that means, right? So again, it's just thinking correctly. So I propose that we no longer rotely repeat the words in Jesus' name as simply the closing words in our prayers. You know, the kind of the abracadabra or the sin button or adios or whatever. But that we dig into the Scriptures to learn what it really means to pray in Jesus' name. And I also propose that before we pray about something... We spend time finding out God's will for that something so that we can be assured that we're praying for it in Jesus' name. And again, I know there are things we're just going to pray about. Somebody's going to come up and say, Brother, can, can, my leg's hurting. Can you pray for my leg? Jesus, his leg's hurting. Lord, we ask you to just really touch his leg. If you want to say in Jesus' name, fine. But just know that God has not made you a promise. He's going to heal that leg right then and there. Now, you, he might want to, and somebody might come up and say, you know, God just spoke to me and said, You're, you got something going on with your leg, and I need to pray for you. And then you can say, you know, as far as I know, Jesus, he told me to pray for your leg, so I'm going to go in faith. And in Jesus' name, he sent me to pray for your leg. So I'm going to pray for your leg, and I'm here because, Father, I'm here because Jesus sent me. So I'm praying in his name. Right? You understand the difference. And I propose that praying in Jesus' name is not the tagline or the sign-off or the evangelical words or the formula to end our prayers, but it is the foundation, the bedrock, the anchor, the most important part of our prayers. So, for me, again, I, and I talk about, I've talked about this with uh, some of the leadership on our team back in OM, that... Look, instead of getting 15 things we're going to pray for in this prayer meeting, let's, let's find the one we need to pray for today or two or whatever, and let's spend some time figuring out how we can pray for this thing in Jesus' name, and then we can all pray so that when we walk out, somebody says, you, you think Jesus is going to answer that? Well, I don't know. Why don't you know? I'm not sure we got God's will on it yet. Or you can walk out and say, absolutely. You can take it to the bank. It is going to happen. It is going to happen because we ask for it in Jesus' name.
Now, praying in Jesus' name is also, and I'm just going to go through this quickly. It's, it's praying in the Holy Spirit. Spirit-led praying. Finding His will. Jude 20, 21. But you, beloved, building yourself up in the most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? Again, praying in the Holy Spirit means praying in Christ. It means praying according to the will of God. Keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. Ephesians 6, 18. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. You can pray in the Spirit in English, German, French, tongues, Swahili, whatever. But praying in the Spirit is praying Spirit-led. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So praying in Jesus' name is also abiding in Christ praying. You've done a lot of study at Eltham on what it means to abide in Christ. If I'm abiding in Christ, Christ living His life in and through me, He is going to show me how to pray. Jesus said, the things I say are what I hear from the Father. The things you see me do is what I see the Father doing. Acts 2.22, men of Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did among you through him. So praying in Jesus' name is abiding prayer. If you abide in me and my work, there it is, my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it'll be done for you. And I want to just take a little more time here. Praying in Jesus' name is praying the Scriptures. This is so important. And this is something that I'm learning to do more and more is praying the Scriptures. George Mueller, you know George Mueller? George Mueller was, yeah, most of you know George Mueller. He, he was a German who came to England, and he saw a bunch of little street urchins, and he said, what, that there's such a low uh, degree of faith in the church in England. What can I do? So he started an orphanage, and he only prayed in the funds. Just prayed in the funds. He didn't ask a soul for a dime. He prayed it all in. George Mueller never prayed for a thing just because he wanted it. And, and this is a quote. You'll see who wrote it next. But George Mueller never prayed for a thing just because he wanted it, or even just because he felt it was greatly needed for God's work. When it was laid upon George Mueller's heart to pray for anything, he would search the Scriptures to find if there was some promise that covered the case. Sometimes he would search the Scriptures for days before he printed, presented his position to God. And then when he found the promise with his open Bible before him and his finger upon that promise, he would plead that promise, and so he received what he asked. He always prayed with an open Bible before him. The reason George Mueller could feed, he fed how many orphans? Hundreds and hundreds of orphans every day. And he said he knew, and there were times he sat those orphans down at the table, and there was no food in the kitchen. But he said he knew that he knew that he knew that he knew that God was going to feed those children because of Matthew chapter 6. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And he said, you know what, I'm seeking first God's kingdom. And by the grace of God, I'm a righteous man. 
Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. What things? What you can eat, what you need to eat, what you're going to put on, what you're going to drink, etc., etc. And he said, I stood on the promises of God that these children, because God told me to start the orphanage, the Scripture said He was going to feed them. David says, I was once old and I was once young, now I'm old, never seen his descendants begging bread. And he said, I knew that I knew that I knew that I was praying in Jesus' name for the food. He said, however, However, there were relatives of mine. I prayed for years and years and years and years. They'd be saved, and he said, they're still not saved. He said, I'm believing they're going to be saved, but I don't have a direct promise from God that Aunt Ethel over here is going to be saved, the same as I have a direct promise from God that he is going to feed these orphans. Again, praying the Scriptures. When once I am persuaded that a thing is right, I go to praying for it to the end comes, and I never give up. George Miller. Well, you know this. The Bible is a prayer book that guides us on how to pray. Yes, you may. Please. Say it again. How many? I believe George Mueller read the scriptures, the whole Bible, over 200 times, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. But no, that's, that's excellent. I re- yeah, yeah. I'm not going to get off on another rabbit trail. That's right, the promises. We find the promises, and we pray the promises. The Bible is a prayer book. You ever seen the little, the, in America, we've got this little book of Bible promises. And it's got these little promises in there. Our Bible is the big book of Bible promises. Praying the Scriptures takes the boredom out of our prayers, too. Sometimes we don't pray because we're just, it's boring, you know. I've prayed the same thing every day. We say, I don't know how to pray. No, I don't know what to pray. I run out of things to say. You ever feel that way? I, I just, I'm sorry. I, just, I don't know what to pray. I run out of things to say. Jesus, be with my wife and be with, the, and, and it's like, no, that's not right. Not, don't be with them. Jesus, just, uh, Lord, go, go, no, I can't say go with them. Uh, and Jesus, no, no, I can't say that either. I, you know. I just quit, you know. Well, we run out of things to pray, run out of things to say. My, my mind just goes blank. My mind starts to wander. I, I can't focus when I start to pray. I daydream. Any of those ever happen to you? You know, I, I, just, I just get bored. Well, praying the Bible is one of the ways to work on that because praying the Bible is praying the very words of God back to Him. Jesus prayed the Psalms when he was on the cross. Now, Jesus was praying prophetically, praying uh, 
uh, psalms that were prophesied for him, about him. But Jesus prayed the psalms when he was on the cross. Psalm 22, you know this one. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Matthew 27, 46, about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus was praying Psalm 22. Psalm 31, 5, into your hands I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord, faithful God. Heard that one, haven't you? Then Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. Well, how do we pray the Bible? How do you pray these 8,000 Psalms? 8,000 what? I mean, 8,000 promises. How how many 8,000 what? 8,604. How do do we pray these promises? Just a little, few little ideas. Number one, open the Bible. Number two, start reading the Bible. Number three, pause at every verse. And number four, turn it into a prayer. That's pretty simple, isn't it? Now, there are some verses you can't, you know, do that with. I guess, you know, when you get into the genealogies or... But, you know, find... find for, for example, Psalm 1, 1 through 3. How would you pray that? Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or, or stand in the way of sinners or seat in the, uh, sit in the seat of water. How, how would you pray that? How, how, would I, how, would I pray, how would I pray that for Scott? Let's say I'm, I'm going to pray for Scott today, and I just don't want to say, well, God, would you just bless Scott and help him? He's going to have a, you know, a challenging day. How do, I, how do I pray that for Scott? How do I pray the scriptures for Scott? How about if I do this? Father, today I pray that Scott would be a blessed man, that he does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. God, deliver him from the counsel of the wicked. Lord, deliver him from standing in the way of sinners. God, deliver him from sitting in the seat of mockers or being mocked. Oh, God, today would you enable Scott to delight in the law of the Lord? Lord Jesus, oh, God, would you enable him today to meditate day and night on your word? Lord, today, Lord, this evening, God, would you enable even tonight... Lord, as Scott goes to sleep, enable him, Lord Jesus, to meditate on your word as he goes to sleep. Father, would you continue to raise him up like a tree? Lord, planted by streams of water. Father, would you you bear fruit in Scott's life? In season, Lord, in season, out of season. Lord, whose leaf does not wither. Lord, whatever he does. Oh, Father. Father, I thank you for Scott. I thank you for his faithfulness. And God, I pray that whatever he does, Lord, he prospers. He prospers. And then you may even, if that reminds you of something else, you know, uh, Joshua 1.8. Lord God, enable enable Scott, Lord, this, this book of the law, the book of the word, Lord, don't let that depart from his mouth. God, enable him to meditate on it day and night so that he'll be careful to do 
everything written in it, and then he'll make his way prosperous, and then he will have success. Oh, dear Lord, would you do this and enable this for my brother Scott. Amen. Now, that's a scriptural prayer, and I was praying that. I was praying that for him as I was saying. I wasn't just making it up. But that's how, you, that's how we pray the Scriptures. So you pray in this one. If it reminds you of another Scripture, and then it reminds you of another Scripture, we personalize those. And we pray the Scriptures. How would you pray John 3.16 for, for someone? How would, you, how would you pray John 3.16 for somebody sitting beside you? Just a simple little verse. Or just how would you pray it for yourself? There's no way, there's not a wrong way to do it. And, and I just take in little simple verses here because these are probably ones, you know. You know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So, I mean, if I wanted to pray that prayer, I would, to pray that scripture, I'd say, Father, thank you. Lord, thank you that you love the world so much that you gave your only son, Jesus, God, thank you that whoever believes should not perish but have everlasting life. And, oh, God, Father, I pray you enable me, Lord, to have that love like you had, Jesus, so that, that I don't want people to perish. Lord God, so that I'll have a passion that people... You know, and, and we just take the Scriptures and we pray. How about John 14, 6? Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to Father. How, how would you pray that for yourself or your child or your neighbor what how would you turn that into a prayer how would you make that ollie how would you make that a thank you prayer thank you mm. 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 Amen. Amen. I mean, that's just praying the scriptures. You're taking God's word and you're praying it back to Him. Ephesians two eight nine. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves, gift of God not by works, so that no one should boast. You know, again, Father, thank you for your grace. Lord Jesus, thank. it is by grace, God, that I've been saved through faith. Lord, would you just increase my faith? Lord, enable me to, God, would you enable me to understand grace more? Lord, would you enable me to be more of a man of grace? God, it's only by grace that I've been saved. Thank you for your grace, oh God, that you have saved me. Lord, by your grace, would you save my uncle so-and-so or whatever, it's by grace I've been saved through faith. Oh, Lord Jesus, I want to believe you more. God, faith is just, it's a gift. Lord, enable me to trust you more. Because it's been by grace I've been saved through faith and not by myself. It's a gift of God. Lord, you've given me so many gifts. Thank you, God, for the gift of grace. Not by works. Oh, Lord Jesus, forgive me for trying to work for what only you can give me by your grace. Oh, dear God, enable me to rest. And oh, Lord Jesus, keep me humble. 
that by no means will I ever boast about anything that you've done in my life apart from you yourself, that I never take any credit, that I only boast in Jesus. Amen. Pray in the Scriptures. And on and on. Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Father, please do not. And I, I, I prayed that for Scott. Psalm 23, we know that. And others. Praying the Scriptures. Taking the Scriptures and turn it into a prayer. And lastly, conversational and listening prayer. It's just converse, conversing with God. It's been a hard day. Lord, it's been a hard day, God. Prayer at its highest is a two-way conversation. And for me, the most important part is listening to God's replies. Prayer is not a monologue, but a dialogue. God's voice is its most essential part. Listening to God's voice is the secret of the assurance that he will listen to mine. What, what would happen? Sam, would you stand up here just a minute? Just, just look at me. Let, how you doing, Sam? Well, it's good, Sam. I'm, I'm, listen, I just want to tell you about my day today. How's your day been? Well, what's happened with me today, Sam, is that it's just, you know, I've had this old scratchy throat, and uh, what do you think I should do about that? Well, i tell you what I've done about that. Again, that's not a conversation. <laughs> but how often, how often do we talk with God? God, today, I, I just come to you, and I want to tell you about what's going on in my life. You know, the, the tire went flat on the car, and the refrigerator's gone out, and it's going to cost me so much to get it fixed. And Lord, and, and, then, and it's like, we just need to listen. Listening prayer. And again, praying in Jesus' name, it's listening prayer. And God's going to tell us stuff if we listen to him. We might not want to hear it, but he's going to tell us stuff. I've got an uncle today who didn't go to hell because I listened to God. As far as I know, I, I went in the hospital, and my uncle was dying, and he was just this nasty, old, mean, racist fellow that I just never wanted to have anything to do with. And God told me to go in the hospital, see, and went in and just spoke to him real quickly and said, how you doing? I'm sorry. I'm sorry you're really sick. And had a little wimpy little prayer with him, and I left. I'm giving you the real short version here. And the Lord told me to go back. God said, go back. Your uncle's dying, going to hell. And you just went in and just prayed some little wimpy prayer because your sister told you to go in. She rode you back enough that you went in. Go back. So I went back, shared Christ with him. He understood it. He, re he indicated that he trusted Christ. The next day, he died. Last man in the world, I'd have thought, would have gone to heaven. But it's just listening to God and doing what God tells you to do, whatever it might be. This conversational two-way thing, you know, we're carrying on conversations with ourselves all day. What if we carry on this conversation with God and just walking, you know, it's the, it's the if, if you were church Sunday night, I believe it was, I did my Walmart beep, 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 beep thing, I don't remember. Anyway, just, just listening to God wherever you go and doing what God tells you to do well. Ah, conversational prayer is simply dialoguing with God, whether you're praying along with others. Conversational prayer is involving God in the conversation. And conversational prayer is we, we may listen more than we talk. 
Some of my best prayer times, I don't say much of anything. Some of the best, most solid prayer times, sometimes all I can do is just, oh, Lord. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Just listening, just. Mm. Jesus. Yeah, just, just listening to the Lord. We don't have to talk. Just listen. Good conversation implies that we must take turns talking and listening. When one person does all the talking, that is a monologue and is also rude. (laughs) Prayer is the expression of the human heart in conversation with God. The more natural the prayer, the more real he becomes. It has all been simplified for me to this extent. Prayer is a dialogue between two persons who love each other. You ever just sit with Jesus and say, Jesus, I mess up a lot, but Jesus, I just love you. I just love you, Lord. I want to love you more. close with this. I had a professor in seminary, Dr. Wilson. He's about the closest man to what I think Jesus would have been like on earth. He was my faculty advisor in seminary. And quite honestly, when I was in his office, I wasn't sure if he's talking with me or Jesus. I mean, I didn't confuse me and Jesus, but... (laughs) We'd be talking along, and I'd, for example, I'd say, Dr. Wilson, again, he's my advisor. I said, Dr. Wilson, I, I've got these classes I need to be taking. Do I take this one or this one? He'd look at it. He'd say, well, Chip, I, let me look at this, Lord. What, I, we don't know. What, what's the right thing for him to do here, Lord? Should he take that one or that one? Chip, I think that possibly if you take this one here, you might get that one out of the way, and it would help you do that. But I don't know, Lord. Is it better? And, I, and I'm going, you, who are you talking to? You talking to me? You know. <laughs> but he always had this kind, it was always a three-way conversation going. It was you, me, and Jesus. Well, double talk and double listening. What I call double talk is I'm talking to you, but I'm talking to Jesus. I'm listening to you, but I'm listening to Jesus. As I'm talking to you, I'm saying, Lord, is there anything else you want me to be saying? And as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking, praying, Lord, is there anything? So double talk, double listening. Well, are you praying in Jesus' name? Are you conversing with God? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray in your name. Oh, Lord, teach us to pray the Scriptures. Teach us to pray Your Word. Teach us to pray Your promises. 
Lord, give us a passion to know your word so that we can find the promises. So many people looking for loopholes. Lord, enable us to look for promises that we can pray. Enable us, Lord, to carry on that moment-by-moment conversation with you. Just pure, sweet relationship with Jesus. And Lord, most of all, that we just love you. Would you make us the kind of people, Lord, that when we say, I love you, Jesus, you'll be able to look back and say, yeah, I know. I know I can tell. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you very much, Chip. Uh, Very good food for our souls. And I pray that all of us will be able to put into practice more and more as we live this life on earth. Um, It's supper time, and um, somebody's laughing. Food again. Uh, We've been very, very well fed here. Um, After that, we can break into our groups again and uh, take half an hour and discuss some of the things that come up in session three and um, see if there's anything more we can glean from that. Um, Have a cuppa, have some snacks. Chip's got a a message. The message is that the, the questions you have for session two, I didn't cover. We're still on session. No. Uh, let's see. Can I say this? Thank you. Thank you. This, uh, the problem of unanswered prayer for session three, I, I didn't get there yet. So we're still at the top one. Okay. So just so you'll know. Oh, well, if you have um, any of those questions still to go over, feel free to do it. If you've done them all and you're satisfied, you can talk about something else. Um, God bless us, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow.